Welcome to the New Hope 365 podcast. We are currently offering two services each week. We have a 9 a.m. worship service that you can attend either in person or online at newhope365.church, and we have a 10.30 a.m. family service for parents and children to attend together. We would love to connect with you however you feel most comfortable, either in person or online. And now, here is today's message. I wanted to take, uh, as I was thinking about what to talk about and what to teach today, I thought that the miraculous might be a proper topic because of the fact that we could all use a little miraculous in this season particularly. We could use, I don't know about you, but I would love to have a little bit of the kingdom miraculous, the kingdom of miracles that is part of what God has been doing from the beginning of time, doing now, and will continue to do. And so my, my heart and hope is out of anything today that we, that we do, that we walk out of here or we, you know, turn off the, the, the video stream and we walk away and we go, God, you are faithful and you're on the throne. And God, you're in control, and I'm not. And God, I trust you, and it's going to be okay. And so, that's what, that's what we're going to look at. And because we're talking kingdom, I wanted to read, and, and this is not going to be on the screen, it's not going to be online for you, and I didn't share this with um, our team that puts our, uh, Cameron who puts together my notes and all of that, but I wanted to read uh, this particular verse from Mark, verses from Mark chapter 4, before I get into... Um, the, the text that I'm going to break down a little bit. And it's the parable of the mustard seed, and Jesus is talking, and he's, and he's teaching people about what the kingdom of God is like. And that's, that's the theme of what I've been talking about for weeks and a little over a month, about the kingdom. The kingdom of God, what it's like, what it's like to live in it, what it's like to be a child in it, what it, what it is that God does, what it is that Satan counterfeits and all that. And he, then Jesus gets to this parable, this, this story of the mustard seed, and he says, how can I describe the kingdom of God? This is what Jesus asks in Mark chapter 4 and verse 30. And he says, how can I describe the kingdom of God? Hmm, let me see, Jesus. What story should I use to illustrate it? And he says, it's like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it what? It becomes the largest of all garden plants. It grows long branches, and birds can make its nest in its shade. And as I was reading that, I thought, when you're sitting here today and you're listening, understand that if you are a follower of Jesus, you reside in the kingdom of God that has the greatest growth potential and opportunity and transformation. Everything that, I mean, God doesn't do anything little, does he? In fact, if it is perceived as little, he says, I'm going to show you what I can grow and what I can build and what I can develop. That's the kingdom that you're part of. And so he used similar illustrations and stories, and he never taught without a story. And afterward, when he was alone with his disciples, he began to explain everything to them. So the miraculous, your part, just the fact that you are a Christian, you're a believer, trust in Jesus, is, is a statement 
to how great God is and his kingdom is and that he drew you however he drew you, that you're sitting, that you're listening. And so, kingdom of miracles. Okay, it was probably mm, three months ago, somewhere in that, in that ballpark, that uh, it smack dab in the middle of the pandemic and continues to go on and all. And what we get, and I don't know if you're aware of this, um, because we're right off the interstate, we're constantly having movement of people that are coming and they see the cross or, or they just, you know, they see that there's a steeple and people come to the physical location and they knock on our door. And periodically, we would have uh, homeless and we've had homeless individuals that come and they, they make their way up here and they may stay out in front or over by the, the shed. They, they just find a place of shelter at some, some level. And there was this man that was coming day in and day out to our property, and here's, here's a little bit of the problem, okay, is that he was staying literally out front here, fine. We, we would be okay with that, but he was doing his business right there. And so uh, Melody would come, and, and she would say, you know, he's out there, and I think he's, and she goes, I don't even want to talk about it. And I'm like, well, okay, okay. And sure enough, he'd been doing his business outside, and many of us know that there's a reason a lot, not maybe not all, but a lot of people are homeless. There's mental health issues tied to that. And so I decided one day, that I was going to go and have a little bit more engagement than I had had with this man. And I went around, he was around by the shed area, and he was working on a broken down bike. And I began to talk to him, and it, within minutes, I could tell that, you know, something was really going wrong, and life wasn't working the way that he wanted it to work. And it was really a sad series of events. And he was talking about uh, his family and the brokenness and the... Um, uh, the reality that he has moved from place to place and it's, he, hasn't, he just hasn't had any connection, hasn't been able to get a job, the health care that he wanted, he couldn't get. And as he was talking to me, he said, you know, if I just, if I just had some place where I could uh, crawl in, and I said, like a, like a tent? He said, yeah, yeah like, a, like a tent. And so I'm having that conversation. Then all of a sudden I, I walk away and I said, this, this is what I said, and this, this is so horrible. I know I'm an awful pastor when I'm going to tell this to you. I said, sir, I said, you can't stay here on our property and continue to do what you've been doing. And what is that, doing his business and so forth? And, and he said, okay, I'll be gone by the end of the day. And I said, okay. And as I got back in my truck and as I'm driving away, I just got that prompt that said, just go to the academy and get the guy a tent. Just get the guy a tent. And I can't remember, I think I got him a sleeping bag too or something along those lines. And, and um, I came back and he was still overworking. And as he was, was doing that, I, just, I came around and it's like you could see this guy's eyes. He's, he's, he couldn't believe that I walked up with a tent and I said, Hey man, here's something that hopefully will be that you can use for some time as you navigate these roads that many of us obviously haven't, but you are. And he was unbelievable. He couldn't believe. He was unbelievably grateful for that tent. And, and truthfully, I think that I have probably passed that tent downtown Austin somewhere. I swear. Anyway, it was the color, the color tent that, I, that I'm like, I wonder, you know, if, if, if he's there. But think about his life. 
his life, if, if I was to articulate and break down some of the things he was sharing with me, has been nothing but a series of unfortunate events and struggle and storms that he has faced. And, and, and I can't even give reason as to, okay, God, why? Why, 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 why? Why is this man having to uh, live his life, get to the place? I mean, it could, who knows, for, for whatever reason, how he got there. But he's there. And, and you're not there, and you're not living on the street, and you're not just praying for a tent so that you can crawl into, right? You're not. But this guy is, and, and, and God knows, though, this man, and God loves this man that I, that I was talking to, and Jesus knew what he would face. Jesus knew what he would face. Jesus knows what you will face. Jesus knows what you will face. There is nothing in the kingdom that God is unaware of. Nothing. You go, wow, I've got problems, I've got issues, I'm, 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 I'm scared of this or scared of that, or I'm struggling with this or that. And the, what, I, what I have, as I was reading, I'm, I'm going, okay, God, we will face storms, we will face struggles, and Jesus knows that, and it wasn't a shock to him. And, and I'm thinking, as I'm praying, that it's not nearly as important what you go through as it is the development of who you are and who you become in Christ. Period. The development of your life and your character and your heart is way, way more important to God. Now, that doesn't mean he doesn't take care of you. Scripture speaks about his eyes are on the sparrow and he, how he cares for um, individuals and people, and he talks about that. But what I, today, in this miracle kingdom that we live in, I wonder if it is the struggles that we go through are a setup to reveal the miraculous power of God. I wonder if it's a setup. I wonder if you've been set up and I've been set up. And God's going, don't worry. It's all going to be taken care of. You're stressing and freaking out about something you don't have to stress or freak out about. And so I come to Mark chapter 4, and you can go there, and I have it in the Bible app as well. You can follow along with me. And Jesus is... Uh, inundated with people because, of course, he's encouraging and he's speaking life and he's anointed of God. He's God in the flesh and he's, he's, he's ministering to people and the crowds are pressing in on him. And we get to Mark chapter 4 and they, they, Jesus is like, we're going to go get in the boat. And the disciples have no idea. And you've probably heard this story and I've even taught on this story in the past. But this moment is like a setup in my estimation. It's a complete setup. And maybe it is that this boat and this setup is part of your life. In Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 38, the day when evening came, Jesus says to his disciples, let us go over to the other side of the lake. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. Okay, so he's there. He's there are crowds behind and some are, are going along and there were other boats with him and 
a furious squall came up. I mean, think, think about it just for a moment. There were other boats with him, and the other boats probably were part of this. We don't often think about this. We're probably part of the squall. So what we often just think, okay, Jesus is out in the boat, and disciples, and it's like a lone moment. But there were probably other people out there freaking out. And I wonder, also in our life, if there's not other people around us that are freaking out and are needing to see the result of the miraculous in your life, but not quitting, not giving up in the midst of the struggle. So they're there, other boats with him. And a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped, meaning nearly sunk. And Jesus was in the stern that is in the back, sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And I'm wondering who online and who in here is going, Don't you care, God, how I feel, what I'm facing with life, the fear or the anxiety or the worry? Do do you not care? And I'm curious right now, what is it? There are some obvious in our culture, but what do you think are the storm or the squalls that we are experiencing right now in our culture? I get it. We're in a pandemic. It's a big deal. That's a big squall right now. Okay? What else? What are we what else are we facing right now in culture? Politics, squalls. What else? Online. Economic downturn. Anything else? What else? Depression. Depression. Storms, people, people. Did you just on the news this morning that literally in Japan, the suicide rate has exceeded uh, like their, I I think it was a suicide rate exceeding what was just their normal death rate. Um, It was because of people feeling hopeless. Japan, they've never seen anything like this. And there are things that you may be facing, such as depression, economics, issues. Um, maybe, in, 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 if it's not enough, imagine, so we're in this pandemic, and, and we're facing political issues, we're facing ep- economic issues, we're facing depression, and yet the world doesn't stop, does it? It's not stopping. It's not going, oh, we're just going to take a moment and let you have a breather. And, and so there are things such as people being addicted, people being homeless, people facing life-threatening things, people still being angry over relationships, um, bitterness. In fact, in fact, uh, Angel, we, uh, we coming from Thanksgiving, we had a great time. We were sitting around the table, and, and we were, for probably about an hour and a half after our meal, we, we, we just talked. We are telling stories and probably exposing way too many things that we should have never exposed as a family out on the table. I don't know if you've ever done that. You're just sharing something. You're like, why do they have to share that about me now? Or why, why do I, you know, whatever. If that wasn't enough, 
angel just decides to throw all in. And she, and she goes, you know what? Why don't we do a genogram? And I'm like, a genogram? Do you have like a whiteboard? And I'm thinking, oh man, don't, don't do the whiteboard thing, you know? And, and Jay, they go and they get paper and they set up, they set up the, the stuff. And all of a sudden, and do you know what a genogram is? Genogram is laying out your, like your family. Uh, it's a diagram of your family and the heritage. Maybe you, some of you gone online and done some, some type of, um, ancestry.com or whatever. But what this does is this shows patterns and habits and dysfunction in your family that, that it's like when you do the genogram, it's getting real. It's getting real. And if you ever want to get real with your family, just call Angel. Okay? And so, and so we are, we are sitting there. She does my mom and her family first. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I, should, I just want to crawl away. And then, you know, of course, we did my dad's family. Do you know what we found out? That we're really messed up. All families are. Do you know that in, from our family, we faced issues of sexual abuse? We faced issues of mistrust. We're looking at, we're looking at the hereditary things that are trickling down through the generations. And and. And I mean, and of course, my mom is having a moment. And at one point she goes, this is really getting uncomfortable. And I'm like, you think? <laughs> Genograms. It, as I was prepping for today, I realized that our family has been facing issues and storms from the day that my family began. All of us have. So, if that's inevitable, and if that's what we're going to go through and have in our life, what do you do? What is it you can do? What is it, if, you, if it's inevitable, that this is going to come, and this is going to come, and you're going to face that? And, and I will tell you what most of culture would like to do. Most of culture would like to just run away from those things, right? Abandon that stuff? Not deal, not definitely not put up a whiteboard during the Thanksgiving dinner. Okay? But we need to, if culture wants to run away, we want to, we want to eat our woes away. We want to shop our woes away. We want to, we want to relationship our woes away. We want to do things that will take the stuff away. And God, and through Jesus, reveals to you and me this, that it's not going to stop the stuff. And the stuff is actually going to place you in, in, in a spot where the miraculous power of God can be revealed in and through your life. And even through the generations, and even through the struggle, God shows his faithfulness. So when I'm going through these things, and when you're going through what I call storms of life, hence Mark chapter 4, this is what I want you to know as, as, we, as we just wrestle this down. And you can even ask me questions later. Um, those online, you can type in any questions you may have or any prayer requests you have. And would love to engage that and, and, and talk about that, not, not only now, but in the future. But why are you going through this? Did you know that it is by God's appointment that you are going through what you are going through? It is actually his, and you go, wait a second, is that true? 
if, if it's not by his appointment, and if you want to wrestle that down, it's by his allowance. It's by his allowance. So, so the fact that you're sitting in a room with tables, one at a table, two at a table, and you're going, I don't get it. Whether it was by God's appointment, it for sure was by his allowance that we are in this, in this situation. Does that mean he created it? No, but I'm not saying that God created this pandemic, but we're in it by his allowance and it says in Mark chapter 4, verse 35, that day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let go, let's go over to the other side of the lake. And so if it's by his allowance, okay, world, I'm getting ready to allow a pandemic to hit your neighborhood. Um, culture, I'm getting ready to allow and by appointment all kinds of riots. Culture, I'm, I'm getting ready to roll out economic distress. You're, I, I'm getting ready to allow something to occur in your family. Why? Shaken. Why am I getting ready to, by appointment or by, by allowance, roll this out? And he's like... Hey, why don't you guys get in the boat and go with me and get over to the other side? And as I process this, some of the allowances and some of the appointments just come from the fact that I have made some really stupid decisions. Put it up there. Possible storm sources that I've faced in my life as bad decisions, such as substance abuse, such as hate towards other people, such as um, bitterness, um, uh, choices, uh, credit cards, Black Friday shopping that shouldn't occur. Storms, then, from the enemy. The number one thing I would say that, that in, in uh, this appointment or in these allowances is the number one thing perceptively from me is marriages are under assault constantly. That is... That is coming, it's inevitable, and we have to be ready and prepared for it. Those are things that come our way, and and the Lord wants us to know whether that's by appointment or just allowance, God is present. And then, just being in a broken world. Just living in a broken world, such as what we're facing with politics and all of those things. What is it that he's allowed in your life? By appointment. Just curious. Anybody read, willing to just throw that out there? That you're like, wow, online. What's he th- what, what has he done by appointment over your life to reveal his miraculous working power? Anybody? I know, I'm trying to get those wheels going this morning. Keep those things just everything working. Mark 4, 36, is leaving the crowd behind. They took him along just as he was in the boat. There were other boats with him, and a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. So you and I are facing these things by appointment, but this is encouraging, and this is faith. Second, you are, in, you are in the boat and you are facing these things with the presence of God. 
with the presence of God. With the presence of the creator of all things with you. And Mark 4.35 says this. Jesus was in the back, sleeping. And I just have to go here for just a moment. He was sleeping on a cushion. Sleeping as I was studying. Especially in the midst of appointments and issues and allowances. Sleeping is, what I've come to the realization, is the posture of trust. It's the posture of trust. That you go to bed tonight, you go and take a nap today, and you lay your head on your pillow and go, I trust you, God. Think about that. Oh, I, I just heard that I have some life-threatening illness. What do you, I'm just going to go sleep. Oh, I just got in a car wreck today. I think I'll go take a nap. Oh, I found that our bank account has been depleted and something, somebody hacked it. And I mean, oh my God, I'm going to go take a, just a quick snooze. You wouldn't think that way, right? Even though some of you go, yes, that's the way I live my life. It's all different personalities. I get it. But, but the posture, in my, in my understanding, the posture of trust is the, in, in sleeping is an ultimate example that you believe that God is in control and that you don't have to worry about it and that when you wake up, if even the issue is still there, such as he's woke up and they're going, we're going to die, and he's like, I was sleeping, it's going to be okay. I think our Heavenly Father wants us to live that way. And Hebrews... He says this, never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. Say that with me. Never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? I I realize that the world is terribly busy and distracted. I, uh, when we just be, just as everything was rolling out with the pandemic, Angel, myself, and Julia, and friend, we we had gone to um, Corpus Christi, and on our way back, I I've heard you know the the slogan in Texas, when a flash flood comes, turn around. What? Don't drown. I never heard that till we got here. That was like this is like this is like something in Texas. You know, flash floods just occur like we've never you know. And I hadn't experienced one, so I'm kind of like, really? Somebody just gets in a in a situation where a flood is going to come and wipe them out or whatever. And we are driving back, and literally, I we hit torrential rain, the likes of I'd never experienced before. And I'm like, I got to get off. Well, we pulled into this get, we pulled in this area, this gas station or whatever, and and we're sitting there, and literally, I, I'm watching as cars. All of a sudden, this water's coming up on the side of cars, and I'm like, dear God, we're gonna die. And 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 so I'm like, an angel is like going, you probably need to go this way or go this way. And I'm thinking, I don't know what way to go, but we were having a bad moment. And I didn't, and I haven't really shared about that. But in, in my in that moment, I'm thinking, this is it. We're in a flash flood. The thing that I made fun of, the stuff that I'm like, turn around, don't drown. Why do you got this slogan? There's a reason. There's a reason. And so so in that moment, though. There is that thinking that God has placed in my soul by his spirit because his spirit lives in me. I'm with you right now in a flash flood. And I've not abandoned you. 
And if you die, know this, that to be present, to be absent from the body, as Paul said, is to be what? Present with the Lord. And what I, what I found is that we are terribly busy, distracted, a lot of noise, and maybe it's time for you to disengage so that you can hear and see and let the Spirit of God flood you so that you are not missing his very presence that is meant to comfort you. Jesus, I need you to wake up right now. The storm is getting pretty intense. I just need you to get up. And he's like, what? Can't you see? Racism, pandemic, struggles, politics. Okay. You are in the storm by an appointment with his presence. And then lastly, for his purposes, and we're going to worship in just a moment. For his purpose. Disciples woke him up and said in Mark four thirty-eight. Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Don't you care if we drown? (laughs) And here's what Jesus knew that we didn't know and what they didn't know is this. Drowning would have been a blessing. Drowning would have been a blessing because 10 of the 12 of the, the disciples, the apostles, were martyred for the sake of Christ. And they went through struggle, and they went through persecution, and they went through all kinds of things. And, and his purposes, I wonder if his purposes were a plot of preparation for the reality of the glory that they would experience face-to-face with Jesus, with God one day. And you go, oh, what? He's, this is a plot and a plan? This is crazy because what we often forget, and we as Christians and those that believe in Jesus, what we forget is we forget that this earth is not our home. We're passing through. We are not to be, we are not citizens of this earth. We are citizens of where? We're residents here. This is biblical. This is Heart, biblical, core, Bible, theology. And Jesus knows that as we're going through this and we're facing things, that his purposes will be the ones that prevail and we are to get off the pedestal and we're to allow him to lead. We're allowed him to, we're, we should allow him to take, carry, maneuver us. However, and the Lord is crafting and making if we'll allow him, the person that we are to become in Christ. Listen to this, James 1, 2 through 4. And if you wonder what Jesus thinks of what we go through. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and my sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Whenever you face pandemics, awful politics, you face, you, you face riots, you face economic hardships, you face struggles, uh, uh, in, whether it's the mind or the body, your, whatever, your, your testing of your faith is what? What does it do? Develops perseverance. And why is perseverance a big deal? 
Because perseverance must finish its work in us. So that we, so that you, we, may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So what are you lacking? Right now, 2020 pandemic. Right now, struggles culturally. What is it you're lacking? Online, what are you lacking? And now I'm just throwing it out there. Nothing. You aren't lacking anything. You can't say anything because you got you got up this morning and you have a roof over your head. You've got money in the bank and and you drive to a nice location where we can sit in relative com- comfort and peace. And we're lacking nothing. We don't even know what it's like to sit in the boat and go, "We're gonna die." We don't. Jesus is better than anything. Jesus is better than anything. And this is, so we lack nothing. And he's saying, but, but, so, so I wonder if it is that we will face things, and you will, and I, we will face things. And I wonder if the Lord is wanting to set us up in a way that says, understand that these things will occur, but it's, it's, you're, you're being made mature and complete. But how, how, how do you mature and how do you become complete? And we, if we're honest, we go, I really don't want to talk about that. Not that interested in talking about complete. And I'm definitely going, you know, if I said, hey, we all need to grow our faith. You all go, yeah, if you're honest and you know about faith, you go, if I'm going to grow my faith, that means that something's got to help grow it, which more than likely it's a struggle. And honestly, I'm not that interested. So this is what I've grown to understand throughout years. years. In storms, we want God to do a removing job. And he wants to improve us, an improving job in our lives. In Mark 4, 39 through 40, he got up. And this is for your soul today. Those online, this is for your soul before we have this moment of worship. He got up. And he said, quiet, be still. And I know it was Jesus, and I know it was in the midst of the squall. I mean, he obviously probably let it just a belt, just belted it out. But over your soul today, and your soul, and your life, and your family, and your children, and your grandchildren, he's saying to you, quiet stuff be still receive that if you will receive this quiet be still then the wind died down and it was completely calm and he said to his disciples why are you so afraid do you still have no faith i have come to the conclusion in my years of growing to know God and continuing to develop in that relationship and studying his words and his, his ways, his thinking, that we are in the things and the stuff we're going through by his appointment or his allowance with his presence and for his purpose. And that's, that's 
where we often miss the miracle. Because we're going, ay, 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 this, this, is not, this is not miraculous. And the Lord is going, no, no, I understand that in the midst of your stuff, I am doing the miraculous. In the midst of your struggle, I'm doing the miraculous. In the midst of all of that, I'm doing that. Will you see it? And then, as we face and as we go through things, the Lord is setting us up for a transformation of our soul and a revival of our lives. Transformation of your soul and revival of your life. And so today, online and here, if you're wondering what it, got, what it is that God is wanting to do, he's wanting us to understand that unless we go through these things, we won't what? Understand his appointment, understand his presence is with us, and we won't understand his purposes. So I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes right now. Jesus, in this place and online, we ask that you would do that God, you are prepping us in the midst of this. But now we, we can try to figure it out all on our own and we can try to just think it's going to be that, 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 that uh, it's all good, you know, because today we got the roof and we got the, the food and we got that. I want, I want all that. I don't, it's not that we don't want that, God. But I pray, Father, that you would right now help us to realize that with awakenings throughout the ages, great awakenings, movements of yours, transformations of yours, it usually came through the struggle. So when we got to a place of absolute surrender, absolute trust, absolute confidence in you, absolute sleeping postures, not spiritually, but in our, in, in humanly speaking, that we say, no matter what is going on, I trust you, God. And we desire... I desire, we desire, I know those here today, and I pray those online, they, we want to see, God, such an awakening of our culture, of our, of our nation. Uh, you're wanting to wake up the church. You're wanting to, God, in fact, you're, you're, you're wanting, in, uh, in your timing, to send your son to take us, to rapture your church. Oh, God, would you wake us up? Would you do something so powerful, God, that we could only say, and when we sit back and say, yes, it was tough, but yes, it was, it was a struggle. Yes, there were issues, but God, you are faithful, and you never left us or abandoned us. So pour out your spirit right now in this moment, and God, for those online as well. And I can't wait to see in the weeks and months and years to come what you will do through a church who is absolutely reliant on their Savior. Thank you, Jesus. In your awesome and mighty name, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd like to invite you to visit our website, newhope365.church, where you can access past sermons, devotional series, videos and activity pages for families, get connected with one of our life groups, and keep up with everything happening here at New Hope 365.